Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail, created by Tabitha and Katie. <laughs> Alright, hey guys, I'm Tabitha. And I'm Katie, welcome back to Crimes and Cocktails. Um, this week we're covering the case of Richard Kraft, Crafts. <laughs> um, which has a surprising ending. Um, but before we get to that, we have to welcome our new patron, Angela. Boop, boop. Um, welcome, Angela, to the True Crime Junkie team. Uh, we're happy to have you here, and we're going to be taking three shots for you tonight. Three, my lord. Episode. Yes. Um, so thank you for the excuse to drink. Um, <laughs> Cheers. First we didn't shot. Need one, but we'll take one. Going with some burp. I'm ready, guys. It's been a day. <laughs> say that every single week <laughs> it's been a life that's just our my quote now it's just it's been a life that's gonna, if we write a book together it's literally gonna be called. it's gonna be called it's been a life cheers because <laughs> it truly has oh man <laughs> that sweet sweet woodford reserve all right well thank you so much angela for joining the crew we've got your welcome packet on the way uh, if you would like to become a fabulous true crime drunkie like Angela, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash crime. That's <laughs> I've only had one shot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails. And yeah, we uh, also have our, for the next quarter, we have some new stickers coming out for all our current patrons. And we did kind of swap around some cool things. So for as little as $5, you get extra content every month. If you want to support us with a coffee or a shot, you know, help us out. And you can also check us out on our Instagram at Crimes and Cocktails, which is where we post just ridiculous true crime memes that sometimes people get mad at us about, but I don't give a fuck. And we also <laughs> post our drink recipes there and sometimes an occasional selfie <laughs> or picture of our pets. <laughs> yes. Um, people are going to get mad at us either way, so I, I don't care. <laughs> That's don't why care. we have a disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> not my problem after you've listened to it past then. Not my problem. I'm just going to put that all. disclaimer on our Instagram. I'm just going to put that like on my forehead. Yeah. Just not my problem. Might be <laughs> offensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Proceed with caution. Yeah. Uh, so before we get tonight's drink ready, just a quick shout out for all the women in Sacramento. Plowing to be in Sacramento. Um... All right, no, this is a serious matter. All right, so there's a white van going around downtown and midtown trying to kidnap women. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's possibly a, a van with blue writing that says lifetime sewer and drain. Um, it also has Texas plates. Um, so please be careful out there. You know, charge your phones before you go out. Carry a stun gun, pepper spray. Don't go alone. 
all the typical stuff. So the only plumber you should unfortunately call we is CMC Plumbing. <laughs> just, just put in a plug plug in for my dad's business. company. <laughs> if you're in the Monterey Bay area, my CMC dad plumbing. has a white plumbing van, and he's a good guy. He won't kidnap you. No, he, <laughs> he will may not talk to you, you for hours about dumb stuff, but he will not kidnap you. <laughs> no. But for all you women in Sacramento, no. please avoid the Keep white vans, especially out. those Texas plates. Yeah, and keep an eye out for other women out there. Yeah. It's scary. That is scary. Um, Did they ever find that one guy that was, like, breaking in people's apartments? You know what? I was thinking about that when I heard about this van, and and I don't think they ever did find him. But I haven't heard of any other, like, instances with him, so I don't know. But Yeah, I feel like I need to put, like, a chart on my wall to keep track of all these things to see where they're at, especially because I'm going to Sacramento this weekend. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. You are coming to Sacramento this weekend. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to buy some of, our, some of our cool art stuff, you can be sure to check us out. But Summer yoga room. <laughs> yeah, summer yoga on Saturday. We will be selling. This is our other Franklin hustle, Boulevard. hustle, side hustle. Because We have a lot of side hustles. I have hustles. a lot of side hustles. I really it's do. It's been alive. We're no, trying to make it. I was just thinking about that. I was like, I love doing this podcast so much. Don't get me wrong. Like, this is not going anywhere. But... Right now, the side hustle is obviously my, like, maybe doll artwork that I'm going to be trying to sell this weekend. And then there's, you know, all the other stuff that going on. But then I'm also doing, like, pet portraits right now. And I may yeah. have over-signed myself up. <laughs> where, Uh-oh. yeah, I was a little bit like, okay, I have, like, a month until Christmas to finish all these orders. But, uh this Bring lady your stuff this weekend and you could do it oh no that, that's definitely happening and this one lady she ordered like so i whenever i do um i do this every year like watercolor pet portraits and i take like a sign up uh, for people to do them but i'm always like okay like i'm gonna take 15 right now and then when i finish them then maybe i take more but sometimes people they like try to claim one spot but they take like five spots because it'll be like one person but then they want five, like five different pets. paintings yeah and this one yeah. lady was she, I mean, you know what? She helped me out with a good chunk of money, but she wanted four paintings and she was not very organized and not very good at describing which dog in which picture she wanted painted. And she even sent me a picture of the dog from behind and expected me to somehow paint this dog's face. And I'm like, um, I need a picture. It's like when your grandma sent me a picture yes. off Google. Yes. Yeah, she's like, my dog looks like this. And I was like, Grandma, that's not your dog. And I had to send you pictures. Yeah, it's like, um, animals have personality. (laughs) But I did these four paintings for this lady. And then when I went to drop them off uh, to her, she sent me a text. She's like, they're beautiful. But I realized that you, I sent you the wrong photo on one of them. So I'll pay you again. I'm like, yeah, you will. (laughs) I do it for free. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, I'm thankful though. I'm not complaining. I'm thankful because I need the extra cash around the holidays. But there's a lot of side hustles going on right now. And moral of the story is, if you guys need some, guys need some dope ass earrings, come check us out this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And also uh, stay away from plumbing vans this weekend. <laughs> that's also also if you're gonna come to Sacramento, if you're in Sacramento, um, <laughs> I hope your toilet doesn't break. That's all. <laughs> so. Um, I don't think it's an actual. So also, I so I posted that on our story for the, on the crimes and cocktails story. 
And then separately on my personal account, one of my friends sent me the same article and I was like, I know I saw that, that's crazy. And she also sent me something else that's not related, maybe, but seems like it might be related. But in the past few nights or this past week, I don't know what it's been, three different white vans have been lit on fire in the same location. And so I'm just like, is this related? Like, like maybe, this is crazy. Like someone trying to <laughs> so, save the world out there, but they're doing a terrible job. Or do you think someone's trying to get rid of evidence? Evidence, but I don't know. I can't say anything. I was thinking like an vigilante <laughs> no there. He's like, oh, stop all no the white vans. Oh God, I could get out of hand. <laughs> but, um, no, but I. There's nothing that says they're related. I just thought that was suspicious. Going along with this white van Texas plate fiasco, but. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> That's all I have on that. <laughs> Let's get to the drinking part, because I'm having a great yeah. time on my drink right now. <laughs> You're already done. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but almost. So tonight's drink is called the Chipper Craftsman. Uh, Katie thought of that name. <laughs> You'll see why. You'll see why. Oh, my God. <laughs> like we said, you can't be offended if you listen to this. <laughs> I know. I was all like, is that insensitive? Whatever. Everything we do is insensitive, but we really do care. Big hearts. So in a short... uh, Big hearts, bigger jokes. Yeah. Small butts. (laughs) (laughs) I want a big butt, but I don't got one. Uh, So anyways, the chipper craftsman. So in a short... old-fashioned glass i was like what is this called i swear i'm only only a shot in guys um <laughs> where, am <I? laughs> where am i you're gonna add two ounces of bourbon um we're using woodford reserve woodford reserve hence the chipper part Wood. wink wink nudge nudge and you're gonna add a few dashes of black walnut bitters you're gonna add a luxardo cherry which are like the dark cherries which katie said she like ate at work and then got a lot of trouble for them <laughs> so good i didn't get in trouble i just found out how expensive they were and was like uh, i shouldn't well never mind how many of these i eat <laughs> the caviar of cherries and yes. then you're going to um kind of like muddle that mix it you know stir that up or whatever whatever you choose and then you're going to take a toothpick with your orange peel and a cube of brown sugar and put that place that on top across the rim and you can light it on fire so that it will burn and the brown sugar will melt you'll char the orange peel and it'll melt into your drink and it'd be very fancy be very fancy if you really want to go nuts you can put another cup on top of it to keep some of the fumes in there and then take a big whiff of the fumes if you really want that extra high <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> and then after that's done just add in some shaved ice chips because we ain't fancy and we're also sticking with the chipper theme and stir mm-hmm. it up and cheers there you go your friends will be yum impressed. yum yum <laughs> so, um, so now that we have our drinks let's meet tonight's killer Richard Crafts and I'm going to say crafts because I keep wanting to say craft, but it's with an S. And if I don't All I think about is S. mac and cheese when you say crafts. I'm like, man. Crafts mac and cheese. Crafts mac and cheese. Sounds bomb. I haven't had that in forever. Probably because it's awful, but delicious. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's anyway. only as awful as you make it. <laughs> <laughs> to class it up, you have to add like some real cheese with the powder. Oh, yeah. And um, then you have yourself a Top Michelin it with some hot meal. Cheetos. <laughs> Some hot dogs. Ew! Get out of here. Oh my god. 
like elementary school nightmares. <laughs> anyway, Richard Kraft's mac and cheese was born December 20th, 1937 in New York City. He was the youngest of three and had two older sisters. Um, when he was a kid, the family moved to Darien, Connecticut, which is a really wealthy area. Um, his father, John, was a pretty successful businessman and put the kids in private schools. Um, but Richard was an idiot and couldn't keep up. So he's, I don't know if he was an idiot, but I'm just going to say he <laughs> switched to a local public school where he graduated and then tried college, um, but dropped out and joined the Marines in 1956. So when he was in the Marines, he became a pilot, um, taking after his dad, who had been a pilot during World War One, actually. Um, and flew for Air America, which was a branch of the CIA in the south in Southeast Asia. Uh, when he returned to the United States, Richard got a job with Eastern Airline as a pilot, and he would date through um, a lot of the different air stewardesses at the same time. It was, he was the pretty 80s, popular. Man. He was the pilot. They were the air stewardess, and they're like, "Ooh, look at you!" Um, and he was known to tell crazy stories about his time in the Marines and then really played up with the ladies that he had worked for the CIA. I guess it wasn't the 80s yet, but still, it was a summer of love. It was 1969, yeah. I think, or 68 or whatever, so. It was in the 60s. It was in the 60s. <laughs> it's all fluid. Yeah. So, he got engaged, and while he was engaged, he met, okay, tell me how to pronounce this name, because I heard someone say Hella, and I've heard someone say Hell, and I've heard someone say Helly. I thought it was like hella, but we're also Feeling from California. All right, hella. So Richard met Hella Nielsen, and if I'm wrong, please she's correct so me. Cool. That's yeah, she's not just the Nielsen; time, she's Hella Nielsen. Hella. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was born in Denmark in 1947. And she is said to have been a very smart child. She spoke several languages, which I was just telling someone how a lot of people in Europe speak more than one or two languages. Like, here in America, most people only speak one language. We could barely speak English. Yeah, barely. (laughs) Barely. We'd make up words to fit our language. It's dumb. And then you have people who speak two languages, but... When I've... Every time I've been to Europe, like in Switzerland especially, people speak like three or four languages, like normally... Like, wow. <laughs> You're amazing. My Duolingo isn't uh, that complicated. <laughs> it's not there yet. Um, so she spoke several languages. She went to college in England. Then she moved to France to work as a nanny. While in France, she was hired as a stewardess with Capital Airways. And then she was later hired by Pan Am. And she moved to Miami for training. So since she was constantly traveling for work... She basically lived at a hotel in Miami instead of renting an apartment, which is a very common thing for a lot of stewardesses at the time to do. This particular hotel was popular with other stewardesses and pilots and such that they would live and stay at in between flights. And it was at this hotel that she met Richard on May 24th, 1969. Now, she knew that Richard was engaged, but she didn't care. She was like, "Mm, I want that. Richard was seeing other women at the same time, and the two of them had a very on-and-off-again relationship for several years, which is already, like, very telling about how their relationship is going to be. Friends of the couple said they would fight often, then they would break up and get back together, and then fight and break up and get back together. In 1975, Hella ended up pregnant, and so she and Richard decided to get married, which is never a good reason to get married, by the way. Like, if you get pregnant... 
You don't have to marry them. You don't have to marry them. You don't have to. But I mean, I understand it was 1975, but I know girls still do that today. And you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Also, I put myself on mute and looked up how to say her name. And I'm seeing Helly. Dang it. No, that was fun. Helly, though. We'll yeah. go with that. That sounds better anyways. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to think of no doubt the whole time. <laughs> so the couple moved to Newton, Connecticut, and they later had two more children. Helly, Helly, eventually went back to work as a stewardess, and they hired a nanny, 19-year-old Dawn Marie Thomas, who went by Marie. They were financially well off, um, but Richard was really controlling of the finances and handled everything. So he did the bills paying and he also did all of the spending. He liked to collect guns, hand grenades, crossbows, ammunition. Um, He had enough weapons to arm over 50 men and would spend hours of his free time in the room where he kept those weapons, cleaning them or training with them, um, which Helly didn't like. Oh, you don't say. Could you please put down the crossbow so we can talk yeah. about what we're having for dinner tonight? How about <laughs> you like, clean oh, the great. bathroom for once? <laughs> like, seriously? Can you scrub a toilet like you scrub that gun? I know. God. God, Richard. Um, anyway. So Richard would also collect a lot of expensive machinery that littered the lawn and made their house like an eyesore. Because um, he never did anything with them. He would just let them sit out there and rust. Okay, Prundo. Um, seriously, <laughs> that reminds me <laughs> of. Um, but instead, it's in a really a hella nice area of Connecticut, some would say. I was listening so. to a podcast that was talking about um, there was a murder that happened in Oregon. And they said that when they went out to this person's house... They're like, it was a dump. There were tires like all over the lawn and cars <laughs> broke down. And I was just thinking like, Prundell. clearly they'd never been to Prunedale, which yes. I don't know why that is a common thing in Prunedale. I'm sure that has to be a common thing in other places too. Yeah. But it's definitely not common like in the city areas, I would say. Just no. more like backcountry where people just kind of... I don't know. They don't want to take it to they the dump their own or the dump costs money to get rid of things. <laughs> yeah, they just let things kind of rot in the driveway. I'm proud to say that when I lived in Prunedale, we did not do that. But our neighbors definitely did. <laughs> so yeah. It was not. It's, yeah, it's gross looking. So like it's like a car that's just falling apart in the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> just like get it towed. Like they'll pay you for a scrap and come and get it. Oh, you, so I you know you can get money for that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just sitting there. And people well, think I'm like, oh, it's my it. project car. I'll get around to it someday. And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. It must be nice to have that extra time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. So around this time in their marriage, um, Helly was often seen with bruises on her face. Um, and then Richard would leave for days at a time without telling her or their children where he was going. Um, and he still continued to see other women despite being married to Helly um, and had done so pretty much throughout their entire marriage. Uh, he had never stopped seeing multiple people. So in 1982, Richard became a volunteer police officer in Newton and would respond to calls without permission. Like he would have what his own radio and he would just like show up on site for like you know crimes and try to be like mr superhero or whatever they'd be like okay you shouldn't be here you weren't called in um but then in 1986 he was hired as a part-time police officer in the next town over like how's that even a thing i i know and he was paid seven dollars an hour um which (laughs) didn't leave and it didn't leave much time for his high-paying like pilot job 
Um, and then he paid his own way through different training courses and then bought himself a brand new Ford Crown Victoria, which was the same police car um, that like state officers in Connecticut drove. Oh my God. It's um, like but he paid for everything. Up. Yes. It's like joining like the, um, oh gosh, what is the thing that the police, like the junior police officers? Yeah, kind like of the cadets. Thing? People. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what they're called. Yeah. And he quit like, okay, the car. <laughs> no, seriously. And I'm just like, he's trying to be like some souped up security guard. Um, and he equipped the car with multiple radios, sirens, and lights. Um, yeah, and just paid for everything out of pocket so he can dress up part time as a police officer. Red flag, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> so at this time, Heli is sick of his shit. I don't blame her. He's spending all their money. He's neglecting his high-paying job. He's cheating left and right. And, of course, he's abusing her. So she hires a retired cop, Keith Mayo, in the summer of 1986 to get evidence mayonnaise. to use... Mayonnaise. Was it mayonnaise or mayo? <laughs> it's mayo, but I'm oh, just okay. It might even be mayo. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably it's, mayo. It's short for mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> his in the summer of 1986, uh, she hires him to get evidence to use against Richard for a divorce because in the 80s, divorce was not as easy as it is now. Like, you needed to show a lot, of, especially if you wanted to get anything out of the divorce, like money or anything like that. I think you guys remember when we did um, a single shot on Betty Broderick and just all the hell that she went through trying to get, like, you know, go through that divorce that her husband was putting her through. And it was just, it was just really shitty for women in the eighties as far as like trying to be independent or get a divorce or anything like that. So she's trying to compile all this evidence. Now I feel like this wouldn't even be a question, but yeah. But at this time she, um, so the, the detective, or I'm sorry, he's a retired cop. He's probably like a PI at this point. He's able to actually capture a picture of Richard kissing a flight attendant in at her home in New Jersey. So like, okay, she's got a little bit of some evidence here to help back up her story and stuff. But she, I don't know, she, I'm sure this, she is extremely like fearful of her husband and especially if he's beating her and things like that. So she tells a couple of her friends like, hey, if something happens to me, I want you to know it's not an accident and you should look into it. If one of my friends ever told me if something happens to me, it wasn't an accident, like it was this person or whatever, that's immediately when I would call the cops. That's immediately when I'd be like, <laughs> all right, sis, get your bags yeah. and you're coming over. Like, yeah, no, like that's if you're it's to that point where you think they would do something like they're going to and you need to get out. Yeah, <laughs> no, get out. So on November 18th, 1986, which is like. This is basically exactly 40 years ago, (laughs) no, 35 years ago, something like that, because we're on November uh, 18th, so. It is. 1986, 2021. I can do math. (laughs) Carry the five, move the four. (laughs) I'm all like, uh, how old is this? I think it's 35, though. It is. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, I literally had to 35. use my calculator, guys. Like <laughs> one drink in, one drink in. Let's go! And for that, we take our second shot. <laughs> oh yeah! Because I don't want to do them all at the end. So cheers. No, I know we do that quite often. And then, um... thank you, Angela. 
Boop, boop. And we just end up hurting ourselves. So there we go. <laughs> that's, that's tomorrow's problem. Anyways, so 35 years ago. Happy anniversary. Um, <laughs> fuck. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> really fucked up uh <laughs> heli heli was dropped off at her home by some friends after a flight because remember she's um she's a flight attendant still so that's her job she's still working and flying all over and she just got back from germany there was a really big snowstorm that night and the next morning um so she's back the next morning her husband richard tells their nanny marie that Heli had driven ahead to his sister's house in a nearby town and that he was going to drop her, the nanny, and the kids off to stay with Heli and his sister. The nanny thought it was weird that Heli had left the night she got back from a really long flight, during, and especially during a storm, because it's just, aren't you tired and exhausted when you want to just like stay here and to leave during the middle of a storm? But she got the kids ready, and she went with Richard and was dropped off at his sister's house, but Heli wasn't there. When Heli didn't contact friends or show up to work over the next few days, Richard told them that she was on a way on vacation visiting her mom in Denmark. Because he, he, he concocted this story that her mom was sick, and she like basically flew out all the way out there to get there. And actually, like I was reading something where one of her friends um, called, I think the day after Haley was supposed to get home, and was like, you know, can I talk to Haley? And he's like, oh, she's not here. And they're just like, okay, well, he let her know. And then she called again. And that's when the nanny was like, oh, she, I think she's like on a flight uh, working again. And her friend, who is also an uh, airline stewardess, was like, that doesn't make any sense because you have to take four days in between flights so why would they schedule her again mm -hmm. and then it was at this point that Richard starts saying oh well she had to fly out to Denmark like last minute because her mom is sick so yeah. already super fishy everything's just not really adding up here so when Haley continued to not show up that's when the nanny called the police to report her missing on December 1st now I think we are going to talk a little bit about some of the friends, but uh, the nanny, while she did call the police, it was be she only really did that because Haley's friends were insistently like calling Richard and calling the nanny. So, like I said, her one friend, which I'm so sorry, I don't have the name of her friend here. I should really have the name of her friend here. She kept calling because she's like, something's not right. Like, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't add up. And then she actually remembered Haley telling her, like, if something happens to me, it's not an accident. And so she's thinking, like, okay, something's not right. Something's not adding up. Why would she live in the, leave in the middle of a snowstorm? Why would she fly out and not tell anyone? Like, she always does that. And then when she kept calling, you know, her husband is saying things like, oh, I talked to her today and she's doing good and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why would she still not call? And then she didn't call her job to tell them like, hey, I need an emergency leave of absence. And so the husband, Richard, he tells the friend, well, can you just call and let them know that she's going to be out for a few days? It doesn't make any sense. And then when the friend no. tries to do that, the airline is like, no, actually, like either her, Haley, or her husband, Richard, need to make that call. Like you can't just yeah. do that for, for her or whatever. And so she tells Richard that and Richard still doesn't make the call for an emergency 
leave absence. And it wasn't until she didn't show up for work, like when she actually had a flight scheduled, that her friend is like, okay, something is seriously up. And kept like telling the maid, or not the maid, I'm so sorry, the nanny, Marie, Don Marie, that, hey, something is not right. You need to look into this. And so at that point, Don Marie is like starting to put things together like, huh, I did notice this about him. And this is kind of weird that this is happening. And this is kind of weird that her friends are really concerned and something's not right. So thank God for this friend that was probably like annoying the shit out of Richard and the nanny for calling over and over and over again. And this is before cell phones. She's not like texting. She's calling the house phone like every 10 minutes probably going insane. So be that friend, guys. <laughs> Seriously. Be that friend. So she calls the police, Don Marie, the nanny, to report Haley missing on December 1st. And it's at this time that she tells the police, hey, I also noticed that some carpet in the master bedroom had been pulled up and was missing. And when she asked Richard about it, he told her, oh, he had spilled something there and he needed to replace it. So at this time, police brings Richard in for a polygraph test on December 4th, and he passed flying colors, so they let him go. Keith Mayo, Mayonnaise, Mayo, was still convinced that Richard knew where Haley was and had done something to her. But since Richard was one of their own, like a police officer, quote unquote, and had passed the polygraph, they refused to investigate any further. They're thinking like, nope, checks out. Yeah. Boys in blue. He's good. So eventually calls from Heli's friends urging the police to talk to Richard again. Statements from Keith uh, Mayonnaise and then uh, Marie led investigators to talk to Richard again. So he was brought in for questioning again on December 11th. Um, they asked him why he had told different people different um, you know, things about where Heli was, um, if he knew where she had gone, about the rug, about the woman in New Jersey, and if he had known that his wife was looking for a divorce. Um, he seemed to have well-thought-out answers for everything, but his demeanor just filled, seemed off like he was just telling half-truths. Um, so they took a one-page statement from him and then let him go again. Um, but now they were kind of like, all right, he knows something he's not telling us, but they also were still hesitant to investigate further because they didn't have any evidence. Um, which is like, that's when you go look for it, you idiots. But anyways, so anyways, <laughs> so anyways, Keith Mayo wasn't happy about how slow the police were to take action. So he decided, well, if they're not going to go out and find evidence, I'm going to go find it myself. So he went and tracked down where the trash from Kraft's home was taken, um, like what dump it got taken and what route it was on and <laughs> some crazy stuff like that. Got a search party together. I think it was probably him and then some of Helly's friends. Um, and they went through the dump and they found the pieces of rug that had been cut up. Gosh. Um, and it looked like there was blood on them. So... Um, Keith took the rug pieces to the state police for testing instead of local police. Um, and he was also very vocal to reporters at this time that local police weren't doing anything. Um, and so then other people that were local started calling the police station besides just him and Helly's friends. Um, and we're putting the media started to put pressure on as well. So the state's attorney handed the case over to state police investigators and took the case away from local police. Um, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, 
State investigators pulled Richard's phone and card, um, phone and credit card statements um, from around the time Hilly went missing and discovered that he had bought a large capacity freezer on November 13th and then had rented a large piece of machinery from a local toll rental store that was $900. Um, so with this evidence in hand, they got to work on getting a search warrant. Gosh. Yeah, so this warrant was granted on Christmas Day while Richard was vacationing with his children in Florida. How nice. And when the police entered the home, they found it was in a disgusting state. They said there were tra- there was trash everywhere, objects everywhere, dirty clothes, dishes piled up. The carps had been pulled up. They found Richard's stash of weapons and tagged them as possible murder weapons. They found a total of 108 pieces of evidence, which included not only weapons, but towels, bedding, mattresses, and fibers. Luminol tests were done throughout the house, and traces of blood was found in several locations, and it all matched Helly's blood type. Over the next couple of days... Huh? If anybody, typo, if anybody wants oh, to typo. know. Oh, typo. There you go. Yes. I actually don't even know what my blood type is, to be honest. I think mine is O, but I don't remember. Oh. They told me when I got blood taken before, but. <laughs> yeah, I know they've told me, but I forget, so. I, I know, I never remember. I only remember I like, cool. when I need it or something. <laughs> yeah. So well, over I'm bleeding the, out. Yeah, and I'm bleeding out. I'm typo. Uh, over the next couple days, investigators found out that the $900 rental that was you know on his thing was a wood chipper hence the drink a local snow plower came forward and said that he had seen a wood chipper and a u-haul parked by the river which he thought was odd he took the police to the exact location and they found piles of wood chips by the shore and bits of shredded mail that had hilly's name and address on it they then found blonde hair bone fragments, a partial toe and finger, a partial tooth and fabric. So sad. Investigators contacted the tool rental place and they took the wood chip wood chipper away for testing. Wood chip 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 chipper. I can say that word. Cheap, <laughs> wood chippers but a wood chipper chip. Yeah. A wood chipper could chip one. <laughs> I was thinking of uh in the room he's all cheap 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 chipper. Yeah. Anyways, so sorry, I just described this horrific scene, and that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, In all, they were able to find 2,660 strands of blonde hair, which... Can you imagine the person counting all I know. That? I was literally just thinking I'd that. i count. I was like, I'd get to uh, like 1,503 and I'd be like, shit, I lost count. Somebody would say something. You'd have to go back to the start. It also just sounds like the carpet in any female's like bedroom. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, no, because I just vacuumed. But yesterday, <laughs> I could have ran my hand I have to my vacuum like every day, especially between yeah. me and the cast and, like, uh, and my roommate. It's like. Okay, it's too much hair. Anyways, let me get back to my story. So, 2,660 strands of blonde hair, 69 slivers of human bone, five droplets of human... Wow, I'm so sorry I cannot talk. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Slap myself. Slap myself into this. My tongue is a little twisted tonight. Sorry. <clears throat> I think it's this drink. It's that wood chipper. Yes. Wood chipper drink. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say this again. I'm so sorry. And with sincerity, I am very sorry, Haley, that I can't even say this. Okay. In all, 
they were able to find 2,660 strands of blonde hair, 69 slivers of human bone, five droplets of human blood, two teeth, a truncated piece of a human skull, three ounces of human tissue, a portion of a human finger, and one fingernail, and one portion of a toenail, which all was rem- which is what all that remained of Heli, which is incredibly sad. Yeah. On January... <coughs> Whoa! <coughs> Getting over being sick right now, guys, so... If I sound weird tonight or I'm coughing, that would be why. So on January 11th, a warrant for Richard's arrest was granted and police surrounded his home at 9 p.m. They called him over the phone to come outside and he picked up and replied by saying he would take care of it in the morning. He was tired and please don't call back. Uh, Would you like the audacity of that? I'm sorry, but um, I'm a little tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm too tired for you to arrest me for murder. So oh, come back tomorrow morning after I've packed my bags and flown off somewhere. Uh, so, of course, police weren't going to just be like, okay, and leave him until morning. So they kept calling for him to come out. And then he finally did after midnight. So they were there for hours trying to get this Jeez. guy to come out of his house. Um, I would have just gone in there and like, I know. shot him. <laughs> um, police had the theory that Richard had bludgeoned um, Helly in their bedroom and then taken her body to the basement and placed her in the freezer and then woken up Don and the kids to take them to his sisters and then um, after went back and um, after Helly's body had frozen taken her out to the river to put her in the wood chipper Jeez. Um, he, they figured that the mail um, that they had found that had um, her name on it had been in her pocket the day of the murder and was unknown to Richard because that's really like one of the main pieces of evidence that they had to identify her um, and they figured that he had pointed the wood chipper towards the water expecting it all to fall into the water and get washed away um, but instead he he didn't move it up enough or something and so it was mostly landing on the shore and so that's why they were able to find what they did yeah her so he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, this is all, um, it's, so there's a body, so there's a crime, but a lot of it is very circumstantial, you know? Yes. And um, Richard never admitted to anything and was always just, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. So, But who else um, would? I mean... Right, and, like, I'm sorry, you just happened to rent out the same wood chipper that your wife's remains was found through and, like, you know, all of that. But he... um, So the theory that she was bludgeoned and taken down the freezer and then the kids were taken to his sisters and all of that, that's police, just their investigation and what they can... Like, we don't know what what actually happened. And the the state that she was found in, I mean, she could have been shot. She could have been... um, who knows suffocated uh locked in the free there's so many different yeah. we have no really idea what happened which is really really sad to be honest so he was arrested he was charged and he was taken to trial on june 23rd of let's see i think it was for 1989 88 I think it was 1988. 1988, I want to say. There were 100 witnesses and 650 exhibits over 53 days. But one juror 
refused to participate. So when it came down to them, it led to a mistrial, which is very unfortunate. A new yeah, trial. Apparently, this juror was just like, I, I don't want to say either way if he's guilty or innocent, and then literally just walked out, and they couldn't get him to come back. So they had to do a mistrial, which I'm just like, motherfucker dude who else would do it who else would do it no one else would do this yeah so a new trial was set for september 7th of 1989 which called the same witnesses and had the same amount of evidence and went to jury on november 20th after eight hours the jury found richard guilty and he was sentenced to 50 years in prison 50 years is like not even that much time it's nothing it's nothing (laughs) yeah for a brutal brutal murder of your wife but here's that surprise ending that katie was telling you about earlier so crafts is now out of prison he only served 33 years of his 50 year sentence he was released for good behavior and he currently lives in a halfway house in new haven for veterans which is fucking disgusting that he's trying to claim the veteran rights. Right. After, like, yeah. fuck you, dude. Save that. Like, yes, technically you're still a veteran, but you're an undeserving piece of shit. Undeserving and piece of shit. And there's tons of veterans who live on the streets that, like, didn't murder somebody. Yeah, <laughs> that deserve, this, like, our respect place. and gratitude, yeah. not this prick. So yeah. he's in his early 80s. I mean, one person would be like, well, what else is he going to do? I don't know, man. He can go die. He could go throw himself in a wood chipper. He could go throw himself in a wood chipper. (laughs) So at the time of his sentencing, there was a law in place called statutory good time. I don't like the name of it. That sounds like... (laughs) Statutory rape, and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I'm not here for a long time just for a good time. I don't know. Something weird, but statutory. So, which... This law lets years come off the sentence for good behavior. It's no longer in use because it's stupid, but it was a law at the time of the sentencing, so it has to be allowed, which is just insane to me that it's like, clearly, clearly this man murdered his wife in a horrible, horrible way, lied about it, tried to cover it up for a long ass time, tried to come up with all these weird laws. If he was sentenced for 50 years for like, I don't know like grand theft auto or something like that i don't know and he gets out for good um behavior that's fine like whatever he did his time he's he's fine now whatever but for murdering somebody being able to get out that way yeah i just and i don't the get kind it. of murder that it is it's not like it's some self-defense thing i mean no it was obviously premeditated he had rented out yeah like a wood chipper <laughs> And it's just like um, an insane way to destroy evidence. And the fact that this guy yeah. literally think about it, he put his wife through a wood chipper. I'm yeah. praying that she was dead before she went to the wood chipper. But she was definitely dead. They um I think I forgot to put it in there, but they think that she was um dismembered before being put through there. Well, hopefully she was dead All before that, she was dismembered. So. Either way. Yes. <laughs> Either way, horrific, yes. horrific. And uh, I feel really bad for the veterans to have to share a house with this guy. So, yeah. And they're three kids, Richard and um, Helly's three kids. Yeah. I don't know, don't know what happened to them, but um, I want to know what they think of 
this guy getting out after he did that to their mom. I'm sure he's cut off from them. I mean... Oh, I'm positive. They probably don't go and visit him or have any communication with him. And, yeah, it's really horrific. Yeah. So, a couple things about this particular case. Just a few fun facts, other than all the great stuff we just told you about. Uh, So, this case is actually, if you are a fan of Forensic Files, this was their very, very first episode ever. But this is before when the show was actually called Medical Detectives. <laughs> so if you try to find Forensic Files, like on your Netflix or Hulu, and you try to find episode 1-1, one, one, you're not going to find it. You're going to find something else. That's because Forensic Files used to be called Medical Detectives, which... Forensic Files is a way cooler name, so oh, I know. definitely happy for that. It's also inspired the Cohen 1996 um, Brothers, the Cohen Brothers Academy Award winning movie Fargo. This was written with this particular murder in mind. Mm-hmm. So a wood chipper. Yeah, there's a major plot that involves a hitman putting a woman's body through a wood chipper. And in the beginning, they talk about how uh, this is based on a true story. This is your true story here, so. Yep. Pretty crazy. So our sources for today are Murderpedia, um, the New York Daily News, Oxygen, and the Hartford Courant um, newspaper. So, yeah, that's Richard Crafts and the woodchipper. piece of shit. Yeah, seriously. He's just... I don't know. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he's just an idiot. That's all I can say. Like, I, I just hate these murders that happen because of a divorce. And just like, just get the divorce and move on. Obviously, you weren't happy. You were cheating on her constantly. You were hitting her. And he's the guy with the money. So, like, how is this really going to affect him? Like... Well, I think because he wanted to just moonlight as a cop, but wasn't going to make enough money for his lifestyle of purchasing things all the time, that he was going to rely on her money as well, and so was mad. You can't really rely on her money if she's dead. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like Didn't really think that one through, did you? (laughs) Richard Crafts. Richard Crafts. That's why you're kicked out of private school, you bitch. (laughs) I don't know. We owe another shot to Angela. We do. do We should do that now. Cheers. Let's take that to Angela, not to Richard. Ding. That was me clinging my, clinging my glass through the interwebs as Katie is. Katie and I are not recording in the same location. No, no. <laughs> Rarely, unfortunately. Rarely. In the beginning, <laughs> I was just talking yeah. about uh, there was a. Fr- I was um, well. We both actually were away this weekend together doing a good Friendsgiving thing. But there was a couple people there they were asking about our podcast, like, what's her listening to it? And I was like, you know, the first few episodes, kind of rough. <laughs> because I would, well, we both were hammered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we were hammered. We had to record one of those. So we're sorry about that. And then I'm like laughing about being hammered. We're like, yeah, for the podcast. And then as our friend proposes to his girlfriend, you can hear in the video, Tabitha and I cackling. <laughs> we had been drinking. oh yeah because this friendsgiving uh one of our friends they they got engaged which is a great moment but yes. it was one of those things where no one saw it coming yeah and so we're just making stupid ass jokes the whole time what else yeah. is new 
Yeah, and my laugh is just like cutting through. And then he shares it on Facebook, like, oh, this is going to be like a sweet video of like the proposal. And it's like Katie and I just being super annoying, (laughs) talking shit the whole time and cackling. I'm like, oh my gosh. What else is new? Maybe you should tell your friends (laughs) that you're going to (laughs) propose so that they don't make stupid jokes (laughs) the entire time. Great, great stuff. Or, you know, just do the proposal through a text message and you'll be good to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think our listeners have heard that story, so maybe we'll save that one for next time. We'll <laughs> save that for another time. <laughs> like your speech. Um, anyway. Yes. Anyways, guys, that is the tale, sadly, of Heli Crafts and her unfortunate demise with a wood chipper. Um, I hope you enjoy the chippercrafts. <laughs> I couldn't not do it. I couldn't not do it. It's delicious, though, right? I'm enjoying yeah, it. I'm almost done with mine. Uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Um, like we said, we're going to be in Sacramento doing our other side hustles. So if you're in the area, you know, and if you're already not following our many different Instagrams, side hustles, you should be sure to check those out. So, like we said, follow yeah. us on Crimes and Cocktails on Instagram. You can follow Katie at Gray and Stripes, or you can follow her awesome earring one at uh, The Gray Plume. You can follow mm-hmm. me at Tabitha.Ray, or you can check out my art at Maybe Doll, Maybe.Doll. And yeah, we'd love to see you. We'd love to hear from you. Send us interesting crimes, send us memes, send us cool cocktails you've heard of, send us facts, send us pictures of your dog, your cat. I love all that stuff. Yes. So, no dick pics. Um, yeah, I feel like I say that on every episode, which, like, you, am I really that terrified of dick pics? <laughs> the one I... Maybe. <laughs> um, and don't send us anything or come to see us if you drive a white van. Oh, yeah. Um, unless you're Tabitha's dad, in which case you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be safe out there, guys. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, until then... We'll uh, catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Bye.